Did the fullback bring him down? First time, maybe even second time. Still we go on. Juric has dribbled his way clear. Project episode number 16. Uh, obviously, recent news coming out a couple of days ago that uh, Fox Sports are looking to uh, put a formal ending to the agreement with the FFA and the A-League. Uh, obviously, news came in literally 20 minutes ago uh, <laughs> that they've come to an agreement. Uh, they will broadcast, or Fox Sports will broadcast the end of uh, this season uh, as well as next season. Uh, if you remember the original uh, TV deal, was a six-year agreement agreed in 2016 uh, and it will go until 2023 uh, and obviously due to COVID-19 things haven't been all smooth sailing as well as the declining ratings and the crowd numbers for the A-League. Joining me I've got uh, Lockie Flanagan and Josh Parrish from FNR. Howdy howdy. How's it going? uh, Very good very good and uh, great to uh, speak to you boys again. Just what are your initial thoughts on this uh, new agreement from uh, reported by uh, Thomas Withies from the Daily Telegraph? Well, I must say that you've oh, timed Josh, the you recording of your. Yeah. I must say you've timed the recording of your podcast, Neil, uh, a lot better than we did ours. Uh, <laughs> we did ours at midday, and uh, with with the knowledge that uh, Tom Smithies may uh, may come through and make some of our discussion irrelevant by uh, by that afternoon, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of uh, speculation, and uh, maybe the demise of the A League has been greatly exaggerated in the past couple of couple of days. Uh, I've got mixed feelings about the whole situation and this you know, sort of last ditch um, effort, you know, per se, yeah, effort to stitch this Fox relationship back up temporarily for the end of this season and uh, the whole of the next. Because I was. You know, obviously wary of the financial impact that uh, Fox cutting ties would have on the league, but also I was kind of excited to see the A League go out on its own and perhaps um, expand the the product to a to a wider audience, um, potentially through streaming or going to a, another broadcaster. So um, yeah, I've got very mixed feelings, and it seems as if you know this this broadcast deal is kind of uh, just a temporary quick fix to mm. tide the league over and, you know, give uh, clubs and players sort of surety of income and, and perhaps they'll, they'll have more time to, to plan the next big move as a result. But yeah, I, I do have mixed feelings about the early going back to a broadcaster that clearly has very uh, little interest or will not prioritize the, the promotions of the league. And I guess, Lockie, uh, your thoughts, obviously, uh, what is reported to be, uh, quote, a significant cut to the $57 million that is due next year under the pre-existing contract? I mean, for me, the at, at the moment, my snap reaction to the, the news is just broken. Uh, I suppose I'm less concerned about the, the financial side of things. I think we always knew that any deal... Uh, the A-League was going to take on, be it with Optus, be it on their own back, be it with literally any broadcaster, even Foxtel, um, whichever deal was coming next was always going to be at a reduced rate. Um, 
the specific rate that we've we've met with Foxtel from now uh, is obviously down from 57 million a year and how much that is, the extent to which that has been downgraded is, is unclear. But um, honestly, my snap reaction is not too um, conscious of the financials. I'm quite, I'm almost, I don't know, I'm struggling to put the words together because I'm a little bit shocked and, and, and surprised that, that um, this deal has, has gone the way the way it has in terms of, you know, a plan to broadcast not just the remainder of the season, but also the the season afterwards. I mean, obviously everything's a bit up in the air, and everyone's been having very mixed feelings about the the, the situation. But going back to the the podcast that Josh and I did earlier in the day, um, which is of course now completely out of date within the space of three hours, <laughs> but um, having that discussion and, and and hearing you know not just what what Josh and our other presenter Nick Hughes had to say on the show, but also the the comments that were coming through. A lot of people, um, based on the discussions that we had, seemed like there was some sort of cause for optimism. And I suppose I was coming off that discussion on, on, on quite a high. And, and it sounds bad to say that I'm almost in a weird sort of way disappointed by the news. I know that sounds strange because the financial imperatives are, are quite good, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very conflicted. I, I'm sort of pleased that the A League isn't just going to be um, left completely out in the cold with 30 days to find out and work out how it's going to broadcast itself, how it's going to survive, all those sorts of things. I think it's good that we've avoided that sort of situation. But the idea of sticking with Fox for another year, a broadcaster who, despite agreeing to this deal, is clearly not being, not interested in being a home of football long term. I don't know. It's I was mentioning to Josh before before we went in, um, onto the recording. It, it it feels a little bit like a sort of toxic relationship, bad girlfriend kind of <laughs> kind of kind of scenario, yeah. where you've got these two groups and and two people who really don't seem like they're quite right for one another. It doesn't seem like an ideal fit. One of them is maybe behaving a little bit more toxically than the other, yet. It, this other person seems to be attracted to them like a, a moth to a flame and, and lets them get away with these misdeeds. Of course, the only problem with that analogy is, is, is like Josh said, the, um, the, the toxic girlfriend isn't paying you millions a year to, to have a broadcast deal. So it's a little bit different. But yeah, my, my, my feelings are very mixed, to be honest with you, Neil. I think what I initially thought like yesterday, just pondering by myself, I was just thinking, well, theoretically speaking, I think Fox will broadcast the end of the season. I think that was what was initially reported. And I think... Uh, Within my mind, I'm like, surely we can just, well, we as an, <laughs> obviously I'm an advocate for the A-League, uh, that they can broadcast it for another season and then we can reevaluate our options then. I don't know what the new terms of this new deal is. I'm not even sure if it's a readjustment of the contract or a completely new contract. But um, what will be interesting enclosed within the contract is if they can actually negotiate with other broadcasters following this uh, uh, season, uh, 2021 uh, season. So I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens from there. And it reported in uh, Tom Smithy's articles that they have this sort of gives them leverage to negotiate in the future. So it'd be really interesting to see where the FFA wants to go with this um, in terms of beyond the 2021 season. But I think at the moment, I think the financial uh, aspect will be uh, temporarily large in terms of the uh, the pay uh, for clubs and for players 
but I guess that's what COVID-19 really does to, to clubs, generally speaking. So, Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a strange situation. Uh, like Lockie, I came out of our early discussion kind of energised by the idea that, um, that the A-League, the, this last sort of 27 games or whatever it is of the season would uh, potentially be streamed on Facebook and YouTube because that was a very distinct possibility before this deal was struck. And, you know, I know for a fact that FFA did actually seek out um, the graphics company that, that, that does the graphics for MPL around Australia. Liger? Obviously, yes, yeah, that's Liger. the one. So they were obviously, uh, you know, looking for a contingency in that regard. Um, and, you know, if it's not behind a paywall and very publicly accessible on social media, that could really boost the A-League's numbers and in future for the next broadcast deal, make it more attractive. But the the questions I have about this is, you know, how big a discount are FFA accepting for Fox to show it for another season? Um, and uh, is it going to be exclusive? Uh, it's unclear um, based on the Daily Telegraph piece uh, whether Foxtel still have the exclusive rights or if there are some games that uh, FFA can shop around elsewhere or even show themselves on their social media channels. So uh, I, I really would like to know the answer to that. I would suspect it's the same arrangement as usual, maybe with one free-to-air game a week. Um, but you know, I'm not sure that if that's enough to really change the trajectory of the A-League and the waning interest of people watching on Fox Sports because if... Uh, the comments on our live stream today are anything to go by. People are really angry with Fox uh, and, you know, have real enmity towards the football fans uh, and are really unhappy with how the league has been treated by the broadcaster as a whole, not necessarily the talent on air, but the, the suits and the higher ups not committing the resources behind it to really promote it and, and make it a spectacle in comparison with uh, what Fox do with other sports that they, uh, they produce. So, you know, I, I I don't think it's it's well liked by the kind of core footballing audience as and the you know re, the relationship has kind of grown grown very stale, and I wonder whether it's just going to be another year of treading water and further downward numbers. It's going to make the the next broadcast arrangement with whoever comes in, whether it's Optus Sport or somebody else, um, you know, even less of a attractive proposition, and they may be costing themselves money further down the line in terms of. You know, kind of selling out for this this short term arrangement. I guess, well, I guess to what what we can dissect, I guess from this whole scenario, I think it's really been a prolonged three months per se since the league shut down um, in late March. But from my perspective, uh, there are two options in my view: being uh, FFA TV, being a um, FFA produced their own product, uh, and off the sport. Uh, where of the sports stand in the court of public opinion is well known. Uh, it's a very, it's, it's a lauded product. It's a highly praised, very stark contrast with two years ago. If uh, you do remember where it was, uh, the product was completely chastised. The world cup uh, streams were horrific uh, for recent memory. Even just speaking to Simon Hill, who was an on-air talent at Fox Sports, uh, he obviously mentioned there was a contract. There still is a contract. And his, his, word, his words still uh, are well, somehow relevant today, even a week on from that uh, podcast. But uh, in terms of what Fox Sports will do with the product, as you mentioned, Josh, they haven't really put much emphasis on it. Haven't really placed with, placed much emphasis on it. You're letting football people go, like Daniel Garb and uh, 250 plus journalists, where it be from you know any other sport, and the the millions and millions they're in debt. 
really puts the focus onto us, onto the FFA if they really want to innovate following this broadcast deal. And I guess it's a question of are they forward thinking or they're just going to be one tracked in the, in the future. Well, I might just add in some more breaking news. It's just oh, been no. uploaded to uh, Fairfax, to the Sydney Morning Herald, Vince Rigari. Here we go. Zoe Samios, their uh, telco uh, and media reporter as well. Oh, what? Uh, no way. So, so, so it looks like the A-League is going to switch to winter, which is a massive, massive. Uh, this is the biggest news in <laughs> A... Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, so just as we're talking, um, the new arrangement, they're reporting the figure is $32 million, which is That's definitely a significant discount. Far discount. Out. It was probably more far than out. I anticipated for this new oh one-year contract. What? But it looks as if uh, the season is going to begin in December and finish in July. So it's sort of a halfway switch to winter. It's not quite you know, the entire season being in line kind of with MPL or... Asian calendars, but That's f- it's starting starting later and um, you know finishing deep into you know the the winter season. So uh, that's uh, putting the A League on course, as the article says, for a gradual switch from a summer to a winter sport, which has been a hotly debated topic over oh the last year. But um, yeah, it looks as if uh, that's that's on the cards now, which is fascinating. So- I think you boys have unfortunately produced the most outdated podcast in history. Um, <laughs> this has been the most monumental week in Australian football for in quite some time. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm not the one to advocate for a winter A-League. Uh, That's purely just based on my personal opinion and being a fan of the game for many years. I haven't really got the full scope. I'm only uh, have really been acclimatized with Australian football in, in an intense way for a couple of years, but this is huge news, um, Josh and, and Lockie. This is uh, probably the biggest development we've had in this whole scenario. Uh, Lockie, I, I think we'll just start on your thoughts. Uh, do you need time to read the article or are you just... Uh... I mean, I might, I might skim through it, but um, just give me a second here. Uh... Well, I think to start, 32 million is what I, what, I, what I pictured. I think it's quite reasonable in the grand scheme of things. It's, it, it's uh, far more than the 11 million that... Uh, they offered a couple of weeks ago as reported by SBS, but uh, this could be, Oh, hang on. Okay. So we've actually got some new details regarding this league, uh, regarding this deal. The new deal provides FFA with a degree of short-term certainty whilst give, also giving the sport 18 months to reset. It also encompasses the W league, the Socceroos final four matches of the world cup qualifying period and any Matilda's um, friendlies. This will not be include the FFA cup. So that's a very, very big um, note there. So I think uh, there'll be a large emphasis being placed on uh, MPL graphic systems. Uh, LIGO, as we mentioned before, utilize that. Uh, but this is massive news. And uh, the fact that it does include the FFA, I think, would be a very big uh, focus for uh, many of those uh, MPL clubs who do get those marquee fixtures on Fox Sports in the winter months. Uh, but this would really provide us a teaser into what uh, it will be like in the future. Well, I mean, that's huge because the FA Cup, it looks like, could be the, the guinea pig for, um, for streaming online, whether it's on FFA's own kind of app or platform. I would prefer to see it just go straight up on social media like Same, the NPL likewise. has because I mm-hmm. think that's been yeah. 
I think that's been a runaway success. And, Josh, uh, sorry, so, very... sorry, sorry to interrupt, Josh. Do, do you think we can see you as a FFA Cup commentator next season? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm available if uh, anyone wants to drop me a line. Right. Lucky um, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> like, make also... a, a deep run in the FFA Cup. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely. You might contractually, I will be there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> As Langmore and media manager. Yeah. Um, but yes. it also uh, has, is really important in terms of both aligning uh, Australia with the Asian football calendar and potentially making teams more competitive in Asia because they'll be sort of in season at the right time. And it removes a, a massive obstacle to promotion and relegation by aligning the season's of uh, MPL and A-League more closely because, uh, you know, we were that, that was a major stumbling block in terms of the national second division. When will these teams actually play? Will they switch to a summer season? Will we do these, you know, on and off things like we usually do with A-League and MPL or will we try and align the two uh, somehow? And it looks as if they're, they're moving towards an alignment, which, which I think makes sense long-term. Although again, there will be short-term growing pains. I mean, you look at the venues that the A-League uses for, um, for most of its games, and there are very few standalone. Uh, most of them are multi-sport venues where they're competing with rugby league, um, you know, rugby union, the super rugby, AFL, for, for space and for use of those venues. So mm. it's only really what Hindmarsh um, and Central Coast Stadium that I think are the only two off the top of my head that are only used for, for football. Maybe Dolphin Stadium as well. I think, I think they've added so a new have a local um, rugby team there as well. I believe, but, I believe they've added new stands to Dolphin Stadium. So I guess that's a problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a good development. But, um, you know, there's, there's very few venues that are standalone football specific. So competing for space once those winter sports come around, it's going to be a real logistical headache um, in the short term for sure. Some initial reactions from Daniel Kulash. Uh, he says, bad idea, Sai. Uh, <laughs> you're making his uh, opinions known. Um, this has been the most tumultuous uh, half an hour in Australian football this year. Um, still can't really wrap my head around it, but uh, I guess some initial reaction from myself, as I mentioned before. Uh, this will, I think, provide a very large opportunity for uh, the A-League clubs to reconnect or, I guess, connect with community clubs. I think this will be a really good opportunity to, to do that. Uh, um, although it will only realistically be about three or four months where the seasons really align, um, in terms of January transfer windows, how will that happen? Uh, I guess, as we know, the, the preseason is obviously pretty long. Uh, we assume there will be a, about a four-month-long preseason, as there usually is. So, interesting. Very interesting, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, initially off the bat, I have to say I'm... not. I don't know if perplex is the right word, but I'm curious about this decision to shift the season by exactly two months. There's not really an explanation provided in the article for why two months is, perhaps, perhaps there's something I, I'm being ignorant of, Josh, you might want to inform me, but I, I find it odd they would move it only partially. You know, I, I feel like you would either want a, an, an all or nothing kind of thing. Obviously it makes it easier to remove obstacles to promotion relegation, but I, th I think that's because of the delay this season with COVID. They okay, want to give okay. players an actual off season. And I think there will be yeah. a fair amount of contract renegotiating to go around uh, with the changes in revenue and a lot of players coming off contracts mm. and signing temporary deals just to get them through the end of the A-League season. So I think that's probably a logistical decision just based yeah. on 
you know, when is the season um, going to end? It's starting uh, July 16th. There's going to be 30 days uh, of games plus the final series. So realistically, you know, you're not going to be finished yeah, okay. until August. Um, and so then you've only got a couple of months um, well, then, after then until the start of the next season if you started it at a normal time. So I think they're trying to replicate a, a you know, usual A-League off-season, which is many, many months long in general. Yeah, well, I suppose then that raises an interesting question in terms of is this season shift a, a one-off move, you know, a, a pandemic-influenced one-off thing, or is... Is this going to prompt a further shift towards a winter league, or is this just a one season thing? Let's let everything reset to normal, and then we'll come back to a you know an October start. It's, so it's interesting to see where it'll go from there. Well, considering James Johnson came out the other week, I think it was on SEN, SEN and he said that uh, yes, a winter switch is in the, the the works. We didn't think it would be this way, uh, but definitely, I think this is more of a uh, as my, as I understand it. Was well, as as I assumed it would be to sort of test the waters a little bit to see if the interest is there, because um, I think it hasn't been a while since we've had the A League and uh, uh, I guess winter sports aligned this much. I think it would be really interesting to see how the Asian Champions League was work as well. Actually, I think that'll be a really interesting thing to dissect, considering we're pretty much um, as close to the Japanese and Korean and other Asian leagues as we have been in in years. So. Um, the squad, the squad registrations as well uh, for those competitions for those competitions will be much easier to to uh, maneuver around. So uh, we, I think we can go on all 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 day uh, speaking about this. A bit, but uh, anyone got any other thoughts uh, before we sort of uh, wrap this up? Well, I guess the the last point is that I, I am a little bit cautious about this over-the-top streaming platform and FFA trying to create their own app and so forth. Because, I mean, firstly, the cost involved that in that is significant. Um, plus, you know, that's also putting it behind a paywall. Sorry, 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 gonna... to inter- sorry to interrupt, but I think um, we will see Optusport pick up the FFA Cup rights. Honestly, I, I'm a full believer that they will make a, uh, some sort of bid to, to do that. I think it makes sense for them. They've just had the Football, football Belongs uh, series. I think it would be a massive coup for uh, football in general, if this does happen. Um, but yeah, just continue on. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. I, 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 the big question there, if Optus pick it up is who's going to handle the production. Is it going to be FFA handling production and commentary and cameras and all that kind of stuff, you know, through a contractor and then selling on the streams to Optus or, uh, will Optus actually be taking their first steps into broadcasting live games as opposed to just having a studio yeah. set up and having the, the the feed from the Premier League or whatever? Um, so that will be a significant change. I, I think that's a possibility. Although this, this article from Fairfax um, specifically mentions the FFA Cup being a guinea pig for FFA's planned over-the-top streaming platform. So, that's true. We'll see. You know, that, that, we'll see. That could be definitely in the works. I I have some reticence about that. Because I, I think the only reason they create their own streaming platform is to uh, charge people for the privilege of watching the games. And that's moving the games behind a paywall once again, which has been a, a detriment a very um, per- during the Fox issue, Sports for sure. mm. And it also, uh, it, you know, I've heard claims from, you know, the golden generation on Twitter and so forth that we should be using 
you know, junior fees to, to pay for, you know, a, you, with your junior fees, you get included a, a subscription to FFA TV. And I, I don't think we should be stacking added costs on, on junior fees. Uh, I really hope that's not the direction they take. If it's an optional extra that you get on your rego form every year, that might be a good way to try and uh, unite the participants and the elite level of the game. Uh, but if it's a mandatory extra levy, uh, that's the last thing we need. So I, yeah, I really I, hope I, they don't I, go into that. I heard, I heard, heard figures are like, oh, let's put $60, $60 including the registration fees. I'm like, that's a bit over the top, wouldn't it be? But uh, mm. this has certainly been a very uh, information-fueled podcast. Uh, Lockie, just uh, some final thoughts on the uh, winter move and the reduced deal that has been agreed. Yeah, I am have to be honest with you. I, I'm just, I'm a bit... I've got information overload, to be honest. My brain feels like it's it's blowing up a little bit. Just quickly to start on the uh, on the, the the FFA Cup deals, I'm I'm a little surprised actually that that um you know Foxtel and potentially other broadcasters aren't a little bit more interested in that because if you listen to a, a certain figure on a Twitter who supports a, an unnamed MPL club, he would he would tell you that there is a fixtures between A League clubs and MPL clubs fetch a quite a high viewership figure sometimes higher than A-League figures. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that that ends up. I think Optus is a possibility, but also um, most likely I think it'll end up as something that FFA streams, test, test the water with. Um, in all honesty, I'm still a little bit unclear uh, and uncertain about the, the FFA TV thing. Um, you know, the, the A-League has survived, um, and I say survived in a, you know, a very quite literal sense, um, you know, survived through a paywall system for its entire existence now. And to varying extents, certainly at the start that worked well, but of course, over time, that's become less of an effective measure because of the declining popularity of Foxtel, but also the loss of uh, English Premier League rights and, and the game's own mismanagement has certainly contributed to that. Um, my concern with an FFA TV system, if it is purely a subscription-based model where Australian football content is only shown on FFA TV. You can't access it anywhere else. I don't think the game is necessarily in a position to be doing that sort of thing. I think mm. we still have a lot of potential numbers that we need to be picking up. Um, there are million, two million, in fact, you know, people who play the game in this country. Uh, more, a higher number than that are certainly interested in the game. There are people that we still need to introduce to the A-League. There are also people who have fallen by the wayside that we need to re-engage. Re-engage, yeah. You know, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, the A-League's still here. There's plenty of stuff happening. It's still an exciting competition. I think hiding the Australian football content behind a paywall exclusively on an FFA TV system, I don't think we're going to be able to convince either of those two, those two groups of people to sign up for a 10 15 $20 a month subscription type deal. So I would hope maybe that if uh, FF, the FFA are thinking of streaming these games, these FFA Cup games for a service, it might be done at a reduced rate, might be done free, just to test the water, see if the production side of things works. Mm. Um, but going back to the thing that we started this podcast with, which is the uh, this year and a half deal that's been announced between Foxtel and the A-League. Um, in terms of the first six months, finishing off the season, I, I think it's useful that the A-League had, would have time to uh, figure out where it wants to go, where it wants to head. Um, 
you know, in terms of organizing new broadcast deals, maybe looking at something like what the NBL has, where they produce their own content, they have their own production house. And then rather than making that exclusive behind a paywall, like the FFA uh, FFA TV model would suggest, um, on selling that content to other broadcasters, like an Mm. Optus Sport, an ESPN, uh, FTA organizations, that sort of thing. Um, Personally, that's the route that I would love to see yeah. Uh, and I think Josh is the same, would love to see uh, the A-League go down and Australian football in general in the future. Um, so the first six months of the deal, I would have preferred to have just left it at that. I think that would have given the A-League ample time to figure out those sort of things, work out costings, work out negotiations. But this extra year, this extra season with Fox obviously gives that more time. Um, but I am a little hesitant about it because let's be honest we, we have to face facts here we've got a stagnant product our community has a product that is a stagnant thing if anything you could make the argument that it's something that is regressing um and certainly a lot of that is the, the game's own doing problems, and we yeah. have inflicted a lot of those problems on ourselves um but to be honest with you, and this is not a slight on the people who work at Fox, the individuals within the teams uh, who work on the football, the commentators, the analysts, that sort of thing. I think all of them do a great job. But the higher-ups and their approach to football, um, they have helped a little bit to create the stagnation of our product. Yeah, and while it's, while yeah. it's good that we've got a, a year of their funding, uh, you know, $32 million worth in, in the short term, um, where do we go in a year and a half's time is my question. If we, have I think, a similar, if we have a similar season where things are stagnating, uh, interest is declining, sure, we've got $32 million in our back pocket, but in a year and a half's time, we might find ourselves in a similar situation that we nearly did now where, you know, the broadcast, the viewing figures have gone down, the attendances have gone down, Foxtel don't want anything to do with it, they've paid their $32 million, that's it. And where's the next deal going to come from? That's yeah. For me, uh, I think the re- well, I guess introduction of a transfer fee system that has been um, lauded amongst uh, critics uh, uh, on Twitter and Facebook, uh, which will, which we assume will be implemented in the next A League season. I think that will be sort of a, a introduction into the normality of football. Uh, if you look in you know any European league, they have a first division and the second division. Uh, you go into any European league, they have a you know, a well-structured and uh, thorough transfer system. And I think uh, James Johnson is uh, making very, I guess the whole of the FFA board are making very um, large and substantial decisions in order to uh, ratify the decisions that have been made for by uh, the previous board, I guess the, F- the Fox Sports. I think it's, it's innovation, but at the same time, it's sort of a 50-50 scenario for me. I well, see it I, as... I see... Sorry, Neil. No, you can go ahead. Uh, well, I think that's sort of an interesting note to, to end things on. I mean, I, I've been listening to a lot of discussion about this in relation to other leagues over in Europe that are playing behind closed doors. And, and obviously, broadcast revenue is a massive thing for, for every single for every single league in the world. But for some of the smaller ones, you know, you look at a, a Scottish premiership and an narrative EC uh, where the demand for the TV rights isn't as great. Um, they have had... To, to adapt and lower leagues have had to adapt and and learn to diversify their income streams and the a-league 
the the sheer amount of um, panic and concern and fixation on this broadcast deal is perhaps suggestive of the fact that we do need to follow suit. I think the transfer system is an interesting thing to bring up to sort of close this discussion off because the fact that we're so concerned about this broadcast deal for me is suggestive of the fact that finding ways to diversify revenue streams in this game, finding different ways that aren't just solely related to television broadcast agreements uh, to, to bring money into clubs is something that we really need to think about because this whole situation has shown that we can't just rely on, on um, you know, broadcasters to just keep pumping money into the game. Um, we can't rely solely on that. So bringing in transfers between clubs, but also maximizing the value that we can get out of Australian talent in this game. Um, you know, trying to get a little, little bit more bang for buck because a lot of Australian players who have gone on to do great things have often been sold on for transfer fees that are way out of touch with, with, with the, the, the modern game. Uh, I'm not saying that there should be a, a talented Australian youngster should be sold on for $10, $15 million or anything like that. But I think we could certainly get a lot more out of those players. One so, million would be a good start. Compared to exactly. Exactly. Um, but we're talking safe. like hundreds of thousands of dollars that the players have gone for, which really in, in the modern football market is, is a pretty ridiculous thing. So that certainly for clubs, at least bringing in more young talent, getting more bang for buck and, and, you know, clubs paying for each other's players in a sort of open transfer system is certainly one way that we can help to diversify that revenue. And so we can maybe potentially in the, future when Fox let's say hypothetically they want to wash their hands of the A-League in 2021 um, that's not something where a thousand alarm bell klaxons are, are, are ringing in the ears of James Johnson so that's really important thing to consider I think yeah I think what you're getting at Lockie is clubs have to get creative the league has to get creative to avoid another year of stagnation and you know this move towards a winter season towards you know, streaming or a new TV rights deal can't be uh, accompanied with... It has to be accompanied with other reforms that we've been searching for, like, you know, the transfer system, like promotion and relegation, bringing in the national second division and having a path towards that. Uh, to keep people interested, you have to keep the reforms coming. Um, otherwise, we'll be back in the same position at the same time next year when uh, season 2021 ends in confusingly June or July. And, uh, you know, we, we don't have a broadcast partner. It's going to be a very tumultuous couple of months. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm remaining optimistic and uh, I'm, I'm sure you boys are as well. Uh, also, just a, a bit of side news, uh, the MPL Victoria season will be resuming in late July. Uh, and I guess we'll discuss that in a later podcast. Uh, thanks to the boys from FNR. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you guys for a couple of months. And I uh, can't wait to continue this relationship uh, I guess once uh, we're in a position to really uh, go to our uh, go to our respective workplaces. Yeah, oh, never thanks, a dull day in Australian fun. football. Never a dull day. We'll see what happens next week with the Women's World Cup bid. Could potentially be the biggest week and most fantastic week in Australian football history. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch you soon.